0: excited that my friend is here today. I am I'm sorry if you gave up coffee during your fasting. This this may not be your favorite uh your favorite illustration today. But we are in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And fasting we said was temporarily laying something aside in order to move closer to Jesus. And we're not focusing on what we're giving up. We're focusing on how we open up to what Christ wants to do in our hearts and lives. And so alongside of fasting, we've been reading Scripture together, and we have been praying. And each week, we've kind of had a theme for those prayers. The first week was, God, give us a heart for your house. And, and we went through that. I won't preach the whole sermon again. If you didn't hear it, you can go online and watch it uh, from a couple weeks ago. Last week, we talked about uh, God filling this house with all kinds of people, with His presence, with His purpose and for all kinds of people. And we're challenging us to to be continuing to pray after this. And who can we invite so that Easter Sunday, this place is full? Or if you're part of our online campus, that you would invite someone to join you either virtually or in your living room or wherever it is that you watch so that his house will be full. And today, uh, we kind of complete, we'll be praying all throughout this week and continuing our fast through until next Sunday, but this week we are praying, God, wake us up. Some of you may need that right now. Wake us up. And that's why we have our beautiful illustration here. But if you have your Bibles, however you get your Bible, open them up to 1 John chapter 3 verses 1 through 10. 1 John chapter 3 verses 1 and 10. I love it when God brings things together because next week we move back in to finish up 1 John. Before we moved into Advent, we were in 1 John. We had a fun series going on for about seven weeks. But we didn't get to finish it. And, and so uh, here we are coming through and now we've got full circle and today's passage continues right where we left off back in November and we'll just let that finish out until we move into the Lent season. And so, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. But today, let's look at 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Sorry. Here we go. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know or understand us is that it did not know or understand Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. All who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that He appeared so that He might take away our sins. And in Him is no sin. No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen Him or known or experienced or understood Him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning, because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister. This is God, the Word of God for the people of God here and online, and our response, as always, is thanks be to God. So, what wakes you up in the morning? For many of us... It is the sweet nectar of awareness. Coffee. Yes. Thank you, Julie. I knew I'd get an amen for that. And, uh, and one of these beautiful inventions is this thing called the cure egg. How many of you have a cure egg at home? Anyone? You know, cause brewing coffee the old way is just too difficult. And messy. Uh, but this beautiful machine was created not by me. I'm not getting any kickback today from, uh, you know, advertising for Cure Egg. But this came out a while. We actually, uh, had the opportunity to see one of these in action before they were available in America. We, we were with our friends who were in Switzerland and they had this newfangled Swiss thing. And here it was. And you just popped it in and there it was. But, I did not work for the electricity that will power this. I did not create the machine. I did not um, use the. I did not put in the pipes that pipe this water. I did not create the water that will go into this beautiful machine that will soon be turned into the beautiful, beautiful, sweet-smelling French roast. Yeah, we're going to go international today. Is that all right? We have this beautiful machine and you just put this, I did not pick these beans of coffee. I did not grind the beans. I did not create this container that they are in. I I did not do any of this and yet still in just a moment when I turn on the power for the electricity that I did not provide and I use the water and I hear that lovely roar of the machine. I will still benefit When my mug is placed under this wonderful, wonderful thing, it's gonna heat up. It's just heating up now. I didn't provide any of this. I didn't do any of the work to wake up in the morning. And yet somehow when I push, when I bring my cup and push this button, when it lights up, the beautiful liquid awareness will fill my cup to the brim. Maybe you already see where I'm going with this. But I want us to understand three things that I think John writes in this letter. That if you want to spiritually wake up, you have to take up three things. We're going to look at those three things, and I I want to let you know that at the end of the service today, we will be having a time of prayer. And a time of maybe even some of us gathering around the altar. Because the call for Cross Community Church today, whether you're here or whether you're watching online, is that the Holy Spirit would come and wake us up more than caffeinated beverages ever could. But let's lean into this. Let's look at this. Because if you want to wake up, you have to take up these three things. And so I want you to write these down and, and let's, uh, let's lean into what God, John is saying to us as he was writing this letter so long ago. The first thing, if you want to wake up, you have to take up the testimony. The testimony is what God has done for us through Jesus the testimony is what god has done for us through jesus and that is twofold john writes in these few 10 verses that we look at first of all we see in verse 5 that jesus took away our sins let's read that together he writes but you know and that word for know we're not going to learn it today but it is no understand. It is a deep knowing. It is an experiential knowing. You know, you understand, you have experienced that He, Jesus, appeared so that what? Say it with me. He might take away our sins. And in Him there is no sin. So we probably need to take just a moment and talk about, so what is sin? There are many definitions. I'm going to throw a few of them your way. One comes from Martin Luther. He wrote that sin is breaking the law. It's a violation of relationship with others and rebellion against God. That's pretty succinct. It's pretty good. Uh, That's one definition of what sin is. John Wesley, who's more in our vein of Christianity, says that sin is a willful transgression against the known law of God. I know what God says, and I know I'm not supposed to participate in it. It's not good for me, but I'm, I am willfully going to do that anyways. And John Wesley would say that's, that's a sin. Still in our tradition, but getting a little closer to our day and age, is one of my favorite theologians, Mildred Bang's Weinkoop, And she wrote in her book, A Theology of Love, that sin is the distortion of love. It is taking love and focusing that love inward towards myself instead of properly outward towards others and towards God. Which is why her student, who was my professor, Dr. H. Ray Dunning, would say, sin is ultimately an act of selfishness. These are all pretty good definitions. This is pretty much wrestling with what the word sin in the Greek language actually means, and that is hamartia, which means to miss the mark. And when we miss the mark, then sin or then selfishness, that love is distorted and turned into selfishness. It breaks down relationships between us and between others. It willfully chooses what it wants to do or what I want to do instead of what I know God says will bring me life. But John writes, That Jesus came to take away our sin. And here's our first Greek word for the day. That word take away is the word are. Can we say that together? Not are, it's are. Ready? One, two, three. Are. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Are. And one more time just because we do things in threes here. One, two, three. Are. And are does mean take away, but it means to remove And that removal is for the purpose of disposing of. It's not just lifting temporarily and then placing it back on. It says that what Jesus has come to do is to take away, to remove and dispose of what? Our sin. This is what John is wanting us to hear as part of our testimony that Jesus has come to remove and dispose of your sin, my sin, our sin, in all, whatever definition you choose that feels right to you in that moment, whatever it is, Jesus has come to remove that and to dispose of that. Jesus died and was raised to remove and dispose of your sin, my friend. Can you hear that this morning? This is the first part of our testimony. But the second part, John says in in some some similar ways in verse 8, that he came to destroy the work of the devil. Here it is. The reason the Son of God appeared was what? Say it with me. To destroy the devil's work. So let's take a moment and let's talk about the devil. Is that alright? Now this is, this is tough. And the reason why it's tough is because some Christians and some churches really overemphasize the work of the devil. Like, You know, I was walking down the street and my shoes were untied, and I tripped and I fell and I hurt myself. Oh, the devil's really after me today. And they, we kind of, or we blame the devil. Of you know, I I really was trying to give up chocolate for this fasting thing, but I had a piece, so the devil's really on me. And and when we begin to see that everywhere, and we blame the devil for everything, it really minimizes overall evil in our world and so to overemphasize actually minimizes and and so we have a struggle with that because we kind of think of the devil as this little red figure with horns and a pitchfork who's out to stand on my shoulder and tell me the wrong things to do and and just try and get me off track okay that that's that's overemphasizing the devil's work but the problem is is that then sometimes we swing all the way to the other side and we minimize or ignore the devil's work as if there isn't evil in our world that seems to work against what Jesus longs to do in the hearts and lives of men and women. So today, folks, I want us to know that For us here at Cross Community, we can't do either of those extremes. We we can't overemphasize what the devil is, is trying to do, and we cannot minimize or cheapen or ignore the evil in our world. It is there. But what we can do, what we are called to do, what John wants us to take up so that we can wake up, is the second part of our testimony. Not only did Jesus come to take away, to remove and dispose of our sin, but Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. However you see that in your life. And one of the first ways that the devil was at work was to lie about God. This is what I want you to see. It's always good to go right back to the beginning. And in chapter 3 of Genesis, the devil's first work is to lie about God. This is what he said to Eve. Adam and Eve had been placed in a garden. They had said, you can have any fruit in the tree, including the tree of life, but don't eat from the knowledge of the tree of good, of good and evil. Don't eat from that tree. That was something God wanted to teach them as they grew. You're to, are you going to rely on me to learn what is good and what leads to death? Or are you going to take it for yourself? And the devil comes in and says to the, to the woman, God knows the moment you eat from that tree, you'll see what's really going on. You'll be just like God, knowing everything, ranging all the way from good to evil. What was he saying there? What was he doing there? The devil says that God is a hoarder of knowledge, of power, and of love. And he's just created you and just throws you into a garden and, and all. He just wants to keep you down. And that is not true. Because Jesus comes and exposes this sham as He reveals the way God truly loves us. Read this with me. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. Can you believe that? That word lavished is the Greek word "didoken." I think it's just fun to say, so let's say it together. Ready? One, two, three. Didoken. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three. Dedoken. Let's say it one more time for the sake of the Holy Spirit. Ready? One, two, three. Dedoken. And it means to offer or to give. And that's good. That's, that's, you know, we like to be given gifts. We just came through the Christmas season. Gifts are nice. But I want to draw your attention to the fact that this word is in the perfect tense, which means that it was given so extravagantly that the repercussions and the benefits continue on and on and on. That's why I think the NIV gets it right when it says He didn't just give it to us, He lavished it upon us. He is so pouring out His love that it fills us, it overflows in us. It takes away our sin, and it destroys the sham, the lie that says God is hoarding love for Himself, that God is hoarding knowledge for Himself, that God doesn't want you to have any power in your life. No, He has lavished it on you and willing to pour that out into your life. The perfect tense says that it started then, but it continues to have an impact now. The testimony, my friends, is that God through Jesus has provided everything we need to be awake just like the engineer who created this lovely machine just like the people who are putting electricity through this line just like the people who laid the pipes so that I could have clean water to put in here just like the person who picked the coffee beans and put them and packed them into that cup it is already God has prepared everything so that we can be Fully awake and alive. And that's our testimony. And if we want to wake up, church, it's time for us to take up our testimony. But we've got to continue on. Because number two, if you want to wake up, you must also take up not just your testimony, but your title. You must, to wake up, you must take up your testimony and you must take up your title. And that title is Child of God. And we see that right there in verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. Say it with me. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. I want you to look to the person next to you and say, I am a child of God and so are you. Go for it. I want you to turn to the other side of that person and say, I'm a child of God and so are you. Come on, you need to hear this. Because of our testimony, folks, this is your title. That word we should be called, that phrase we should be called, is one word in Greek. It is the word klethomen. We've done a lot of words today, so we're not going to say that one. It's klethomen. But I want to draw your attention to that it's a passive verb. It means that this is not a title we give ourselves. It means that this is not a title that we have earned. This is a title that the Father gives to you because of what Jesus has done to take away your sin and to destroy the works of the devil. This is a title that Jesus gives to you and to me. Did you know that this is how God sees you? Did you need to hear that today? Person who is struggling with something. Person who is, is is working and living in a damaged relationship. Did you need to hear that God looks upon you and sees you and wants you to claim His title that He died for you to have and that is that you, yes you, even you are a child of God. We have to hear that today. If we want to wake up, this is what we live into. The devil may lie and say, you are God's puppet at best. Or at worst, that God is not interested, that God does not exist. But remember your testimony. That Jesus came to take away our sin. Jesus came to destroy this work. Jesus came to carry away and dispose of your sin. Jesus came to remove this lie from you. Jesus came so that you, yes you, would experience your true title, which is child of God and nothing less. Your title is kind of like your mug in the morning. I have my mug here. Mugs always say something about the person, don't they? (laughs) Mine has guitars on it. None of which I own, but I would love to. I aspire to. But when I claim... God has provided everything for me to be awake and alive. I only have to bring who I am and place it where it is ready to go. That this, I am a child of God, and here I am. I'm ready. I'm open. If you want to be awake, young person, if you want to be awake, teenager, Bring as soon as you possibly can all of who you are and place it under the testimony that John tells us about because God wants you to know that you are His child and He longs for you to bring all of who you are right into what everything He has provided. That's good news. We gotta go on. Number three, if you want to wake up, you must take up your testimony. And your title as child of God, and lastly, you must take up your true calling. And this one's going to hit some of us a little different, but John wrote it, not me. Okay? Let's just, just keep that in mind. To live in Jesus for the sake of others. This is our true calling. And here's the tough part. Living in Him is living without Sin. Can we read this together? Because here it is. Right at, John writes in verse 6, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. The one who continues to sin has either, has neither seen him nor known him. Chil- Dear children, this is verse 7, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who practices righteousness is righteous. Remember from First from John series way back, your believing is proved in your believing. Just as He is righteous. In verse 9, no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. That's hard to hear. And you know why it's hard to hear? Because we know who we are. We look in the mirror. We look into our lives. But to be fully awake is to live into the testimony that Jesus came to remove and dispose of your sin. That Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil that keeps you unaware of what you're taking up your true title, which is that you are a child of God. You have only to bring who you are to all that he has done. And when that happens, when he fills you up, you begin to live into all that he has called you to be. I want to give you one more definition of sin comes from Susanna Wesley, John Wesley's mother. She was writing to her son, who was in his 20s at the time. Do you remember what it was like to be 20? You're just getting an inkling that I don't really have everything in the world figured out. And so she writes to him then and says, This is sin. Whatever weakens your reason, impairs your ten- the tenderness of your conscience, whatever obscures your sense of God, whatever takes off your desire for spiritual things, whatever increases the authority of the body over the mind, that thing is sin to you, however innocent it may seem in itself. That's a beautiful definition, I think. In other words... That thing that Jesus wants to take away is anything that gets in between you and the Father. I I know that that sounds so strange to us because we have kind of created this idea that God is way up there just waiting for us to sin so that He can get on us, jump on us, punish us, have consequences, whatever that may be. But again, when we go back to the beginning... (laughs) After Adam and Eve had eaten of the fruit that God told them not to, his first question, his first cry, the cry of God's heart was not, What have you done? That comes later. His first cry is, Where are you? I have created you so open to me and to one another that the Bible says they didn't even need clothes at that time. They are so vulnerable and open that God's desire is for us to live with nothing in between us. When we are called to be His child, when that title is bestowed upon us, it means that He wants nothing to be in between you or me. No matter how innocent it may seem, if it gets in between that relationship, God longs to have Jesus come and remove that and dispose of that. So that we can live filled all the way up with all that God has for us. We can live with a full cup that can be refilled day in and day out. In fact, Jesus would say, it will bubble up with inside you. Never ending. It comes. God has always been the one who is calling out, where are you? And he has not ceased asking that question today to you, to me, to you, person online, to you, high school student, to you, middle schooler, to you, child. God is always calling out, where are you? And Jesus embodied this call. This God who calls out for you. Jesus showed what this God was willing to suffer in order for you to take up your testimony, for you to take up your title, for you to take up your true calling. Because when you experience this kind of love, you, my friend, will want nothing less. You won't be able to settle for anything else but this love that you have have experienced. And when you are awake, you will want others to be awake with you. And so, here, there's more. There's more. Come. There's a cup for you too. Come and get it. My friends, there's my silly example. But I want you to know today, I want to testify that I have experienced this kind of love in Jesus. And I don't want to get into all the circumstances of my own sin. I think sometimes we use that to twist and and, and place a lot of emphasis. But when I am asked by those who are outside of my faith, prove to me this, 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 and this, I know the Bible pretty well. I've given a lot of my time to study it, to know it. But I want you to know that when I was a teenager, I experienced someone. And that someone removed at that point in my life and disposed of the ways that I was using love and turning it inward on myself. And I I can tell you, and if you don't believe me, ask my mother. She's sitting right over there. That love was turned in this way. But I experienced a God who called me to take up my testimony, provided everything there was, said, you, Jeff McVeigh, are my child, and I long for nothing to be in between me and you. And as I said yes to that, He filled me up. Was that the only encounter? (laughs) Of course not. As you grow up... (laughs) There are new things, new experiences that get in the way, but I have always, in the highest moments and in the lowest moments, I have always known, deeply known, understood, experienced that there was One who loved me more than anyone ever could, who knew exactly who I was and gave His life for me and created everything that I would need to be fully awake and fully alive. I have only to bring my cup, to bring myself To this one, and he will fill me up time and again, wake me up time and again, fill up everything so that there is no space for anything but him, and that is life, and it is good life. It is a testimony worth declaring. It is a title that I could never thank him enough for bestowing upon me. And it is a true calling that is not just for pastors. It's for anyone who is listening to this today. It is for you, my friend. It is for you, young person. It is for you, teenager. And so the question as we wrap up today is, do you want to wake up? Or are you comfortable asleep? Are you ready to take up your testimony? Your title? Your true calling? Father's waiting for one button push. Father is waiting for you to bring all of who you are to him. And I can testify, my friends, he will make all the difference. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. And would you stand with me wherever you are. Church, today is time to wake up. Everything's provided. Are you willing to bring your cup to Him? I know we're a little bit over today, but this is important. For some of you, maybe you're hearing this for the very first time, that there's a God who loved you, gave Himself for you loves you, wants you to understand your title, that you're His child. And He longs to give life that is so strong and full. And if that's you, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come forward, and we want to pray with you. Probably the greater number of us may have had the Holy Spirit come into the room, and your heart is pounding, because you know that just as you've grown up, there are things that are coming in between you and this testimony and this title, and you need Jesus to come and remove that work. There might be certain lies that you have been told, and you need the testimony to be true for Him to come and destroy the works of anything that would get in between you and who God is. So whether it's your first time or whether it's something that you're just recognizing today, I'm going to invite you to come. We're not going to sing anything, but if you need to come and bring your cup, To all that God has provided, I want you to come. Come right now. Go ahead. The Holy Spirit is speaking or not. If you need to bring your cup to Him to be full, just come right now. If there's somebody in your way, just tap them on the shoulder. It's okay. Just come right now. I long for us to be fully awake, and we need to spend some time in prayer. Would you come? Don't worry. What people see is there are some folks who long to take up the title, who long to be awake. This is victory, not defeat. This is, this is freedom, not shame. Come. You come now. Come and be ready. Come and be open. Open your heart. You come now. Teenager, young person, you come. Lead your family that you want to be awake and take up the testimony and the title you want to see this be true. If that's you, you come. Some have come. Would you join them? If your head's bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask a few of our folks who just love to lead people into this testimony and title, you know who you are. Our prayer folks, would you come and pray alongside those who have gathered here at the altar. Lord Jesus. This is such good news today that some somehow we feel we can't really believe it. And so for those who have come, I pray that they would experience your Holy Spirit coming and in the power of Jesus' name, removing their sin and disposing of it. That any lie that has captivated their heart would be destroyed in Jesus' name. And I pray that you would come and show them all that you have provided. That they would place their cup under all that you are ready to do. And in pressing that button, surrender their hearts, their lives, their dreams, their hopes, their future, all of it to you. So that they can know the freedom of living without sin. God, for those who were unable yet to come forward, I pray that as they pray this week, to be awakened that they will experience you saying yes waking them up to their testimony their title and their true calling may we be a church that goes and says to those around us there is someone for you and his name is Jesus Jesus And it's in His wonderful name that we pray and ask all of these things. And all God's people said, Amen. One of the beautiful responses to letting nothing be between you and God is baptism. So in just a moment, we're going to have a a meeting over here. If you've never been baptized, I want to invite you to let that be your testimony in the next couple of weeks. Super Bowl Sunday is going to be really super not because of a football game or chili, but because of the testimony of people being baptized. And so if that's you today, just spend a few minutes right after service. Won't take long, about 10 minutes. Come right down here and we'll do that. Would you receive this blessing today? And now, my brothers and sisters here and online, would you receive the joy and the blessing of being awake, fully alive, taking up your testimony of all that Jesus has done, of the deep love of God, may you live fully into your title, child of God, for that is what you are. And may you live into your true calling to live in Him without sin and to love and serve your brothers and your sisters. I pray all of this would happen in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us, one God, forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Thanks for joining us online. If you are interested in baptism next week, come and just meet right down here. I'll be with you in about three minutes. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.